are, we have our final um, message in terms of types of prayer. We've been doing a prayer series entitled Building a Strategic Prayer Life. And um, there's so many more things that I think we should touch on, but we'll have to save that for next year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when my husband allows, we'll look at prayer again. <laughs> Okay, so last week we were looking at types of prayer. How many of you were here last week? How many of you have managed to listen? I hope it's most of you. If you didn't, um, get onto the website and you can download it from, from the website, www.gochurch.co.za. We looked at the first seven types of prayer, which we are discussing, and I'll just quickly read through, uh, read through them. Number one, the prayer of praise and worship. Two, prayer of thanksgiving. Declaration, decrees, praying the word, petition and supplication, the prayer of forgiveness, the prayer of agreement. So we looked at all of those last week. And this is not to say that you have to use all of these every time you pray. No, it's just saying, hey, these are the weapons, these are the tools that God has given us. And let's be creative with our prayer lives. Let's utilize more of them and make sure that we're using more of them. Amen. Um, we had a powerful time on Tuesday evening in our Tuesday prayer session where the people there literally came up with their own prayer strategy um, uh, and, and we discussed this a little bit and it was really great. So I encourage you after hearing this, don't just hear it and then say, oh, that was a good message or, oh, okay, cool. But as you hear it, take it and say, Lord, how can I apply this to my life? How can I draft and craft my own strategic prayer life? So these are the tools. So number eight, the eighth type of prayer that we're going to look at is the prayer of consecration, the prayer of consecration. And this type of prayer is also known as the prayer of dedication, the prayer of submission, really powerful prayer to pray over yourself and to do it regularly. I like to do this often before I minister, before I am going to do anything or even at home as I'm reflecting on my life and I, and I need God's direction. And, and a scripture that I like to use when I pray this prayer is Romans 6, verse 13 to 14. Um, you can read it there. I'm, instead of reading it and then crafting it into a prayer, I'm actually just going to craft it into a prayer for the sake of time. You can follow it on the overhead. Romans 6 verse 13 to 14. So I would say something like, Lord, I yield and offer myself to you. All my bodily members and faculties I present to you as instruments of righteousness. And then I'll begin to put them in. So I'll say, Lord, I, I give you my hands. I give you my feet. I give you my body. I give you my heart and my mind. Lord, I give you my eyes and my mouth, the things that I say. Lord, may I do whatever. May I use these to glorify you. May I do them for your glory. So I'm giving him these faculties. That means that when I now, I'm now sitting in front of the TV and I'm watching something, well, I don't watch something that's 18 SNVL, but say I'm watching something, <laughs> there's something on TV that's not great. What happens? I've prayed this prayer and if I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I'll feel a tug in my heart. My, my eyes, I have to be careful what I let in my eyes because I'm, I've offered them to the Lord. Before I minister here this morning, what do I pray? I pray this prayer, Lord, I give you my mouth. May you speak through my mouth. May you have your way. It's a powerful prayer to pray. 
We can use this prayer as a basis for consecrating our bodily members and faculties to God for His purposes and His will on a regular basis. As a band, sometimes I pray this, right, hey band, sometimes we pray this in the morning before we do anything for God. It's important, you know. I don't want to be doing stuff out there and then I walk in here and I think, no, I'm just going to do, I'm going to get up on stage, I'm just going to speak by my own intellect because I think I can. No, I don't want to do that. I want God's power, God's anointing, and it's important that I say, Lord, I'm giving myself to you everything. If there's anything I need to repent of, he'll bring that to mind as I'm praying this prayer. Amen. Amen. An example of this is Isaiah. Isaiah verse 6, verse 8 to 9, where he said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then Isaiah said, Here I am, send me. This is a short prayer, short prayer of consecration. Here I am, Lord, send me. It doesn't have to be long and elaborate if you don't want it to. And the Lord said, Go and tell his people, keep on hearing but don't understand, keep on seeing but don't perceive. What's happening there? He consecrated himself, he dedicated himself and the Lord gave him his mandate and his message. Some of us don't have our mandate and our message from the Lord because we're not consecrating ourselves to him for his will. We're too busy with our feet here and our feet there and our feet there. We're juggling all the balls that we want to do and we're not really willing to let go of anything. And so he received his mandate and his message after consecration. Another example is Barnabas and Saul in Acts 13. One day as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid hands on them and sent them on their way. I wonder what prayer they must have prayed. I wonder what words they said. But whatever they said, part of it must have been a prayer of consecration and dedication. Amen. That's consecration, dedication. Is the Holy Spirit saying over your life, in your season, in your space, who can I send? Is that what the Holy Spirit is saying over you? Is he saying maybe, dedicate yourself to me for the work which I have called you to? Is he saying that, is this the type of prayer that you need to pray? Because this type of prayer can bring about God's voice over your life if you're willing to do it. It can bring about clarity of purpose if you're willing to pray it. See, all of these prayers have a purpose. We use them for a time and a season for a purpose. And so we need to, they, they're keys that unlock things. Okay, that's the prayer of submission of, dedica uh, of dedication. The next prayer is the prayer of relinquishment. The prayer of relinquishment. Please, can you pass me my phone? I've got something on there which I want to. Thanks. The prayer of relinquishment. An example of this is Jesus in Luke 22, verse 42. He was praying and he said, uh, sorry, he withdrew from Peter, James, and John about a stone's throw and he knelt to pray and he said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Hard pray. Hard pray. He was praying in effect, if there is any other way to do this, Lord, let's do it that way, please. If there's any other way, Lord, this is painful. This is not what I want to do. 
But anyway, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. See, sometimes God brings us to that place where that's the type of prayer that we have to pray, the prayer of relinquishment. Lord, if there's any other way, I really want this, but I'm letting it go to you. Remember we, talk about, we talked about worship last week. Abraham relinquishing his son as an example of worship. Example of worship, relinquishing that. This is the type of prayer to pray when it's something we don't want to let go of when it's something that's really hard with somewhere that we really don't want to go and the Lord is requiring of it requiring it of us this is a quote from Bill Scheidler Psalm 126 verse 5 to 6 those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy they weep as they go to plant their seed but they sing as they return with the harvest Times of seed planting in our lives can be difficult when we must be willing to let go and let die some things that we hold dear so that new life can come forth. It is difficult to release, but release we must if we are going to see true harvest. We must not focus on the pain or the difficulties involved in the planting process, but we must focus on the fruit or the harvest that will result as we walk by faith. Do not lose heart. We will reap where we have sown. See, wherever God has called us to relinquish something, it's because he has something better in mind. It's because there's a purpose. God had to relinquish his son. Jesus had to relinquish his life. Why? So that he could have so many more lives and so many more sons. Amen. The prayer of relinquishment. And it's important that we're able to pray that, Lord, I don't really want to do this at all, but nevertheless, your will, not mine, be done. Really important, really powerful prayer. Number 10, the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. James 5 verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with, the oil, in, with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of hope. The prayer of petition. The prayer of supplication. No, the prayer of faith, not the prayer of, Lord, please, we're just asking you, we just, we're coming and interceding, Lord God, that you would heal this person. No, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. It's the prayer of faith. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you, you have received it and it will be yours. Mark eleven twenty four. That is the prayer of faith. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it. So we have to believe there's an element of faith that we release in the prayer of faith. Matthew 21, 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Okay, there are T's and C's to that one. Okay, in line with God's will, whatever <laughs> you ask for in line. Are you with me? <laughs> okay, okay. This type of prayer is used when making specific requests for specific needs. This is not the type of prayer that we can pray when someone says, when someone comes up to the front and asks to be prayed for, and it's just like just do a general A to Z multivitamin prayer, whatever you feel, whatever you sense. No, I can't. There's nothing specific that I can say, okay, I'm having faith for this. Okay, the prayer of faith is very specific. It's like we know exactly what we're asking for. And when I pray the prayer, not when I pray the prayer, not afterwards, when I pray the prayer, I believe that I have it. 
I don't pray it and then go away and I'm thinking, well, do I, do I believe? Do I believe? It wasn't the prayer of faith, okay? Prayer of faith, as when I pray it, as I pray it, I believe, okay? The rule to consider here is when you pray, not after you pray, not when you feel something, not when you see something, not when you see the answer to it that you believe. No, the moment you pray, you must believe, okay? Some people have a grace. There's actually a gift of faith that some people have where they just there's an ease in believing and having faith for things. And by the way, faith is a muscle. So the more we use it, the more we grow in it. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So it's substance. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Or now faith. Now faith, it must be now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is substance. It's real. It's tangible in the spirit realm. Okay. An example of a delayed answer, because I, I think sometimes we pray and, and God doesn't immediately answer our prayers and then we think, was well, there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my faith? Is there something wrong with God? Maybe God isn't who he said he is. Maybe the God I know is not the God of the Bible or the God in the Bible is not the God I know. An example is Daniel in Daniel 10 to 14. Daniel is praying and a, an angel comes to him and, and, and says to him, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Carefully consider the words I'm about to speak to you. And he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. His prayers were heard the first day. And he said, I've come in response to them, but the prince of the Persian kingdom, that's a demonic spirit, resisted me 21 days. Daniel only saw and got this visitation 21 days after he started praying. He says, now I've come to explain to you. And he's basically came to, to give Daniel wisdom and answer his prayer. So sometimes God has answered our prayers. There's nothing wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with our faith. There's nothing wrong with God. We just need to keep on in that faith that we started in because the answers are detained. Amen. Okay. God answers prayers. He answers our specific prayers in line with his word. But it's our faith that brings it often out of the spiritual world and into the physical world. How many times in scripture did, Je in scripture did Jesus say, according to your faith, let it be done unto you? A lot of times, hey. Faith is important. We can't, apart from faith, we can do nothing. We can't please God. Faith is really important. Prayers of faith are really important. When we're praying, we might not see healings and miracles. Maybe we're not operating in faith. In Matthew 13, verse 58, it says of Jesus, He did not do many works there because of their unbelief. This is Jesus. This is Jesus, all-powerful God. Did Jesus lose his power? No. His power never changed. It was people's level of faith that was important. So our faith when we pray is important. Our faith when we come up to be prayed for is important. Our faith when we come to church is important. Our collective faith is important. It impacts what we can do corporately. And ignite our co it's not just my faith or Pastor Paul's faith or whoever else is standing up here leading. No. We can't just sit and ride on the coattails of the faith who of the faith of whoever's in front we need to all be in faith we can do so much more that collective faith when we pray we need to all be in faith all of our faith is important we spoke about the prayer of agreement imagine prayer of faith prayer of agreement we all in faith we're making declarations utilizing all of these powerful stuff I want to encourage us all to be in faith um 
I'll just share a quick, t a quick story because I think it applies to all of us. I, I, I would also like us to be in faith when we're praying, but also be in faith as we're living so we're not moving in and out of faith all the time. We walk and we live and we move in a place of faith. So it's not foreign to us to now pray faith prayers. An example, I was swimming and sometimes when our coach gives us these long sets where we have to swim, you know, he'll say, okay, do however many hundred meters sprint. He says, okay, you're going to do 12 100 meters maximum effort and you're only going to have this much space in between and I can end up feeling like you know after the first one you feel you know panic am I going to finish it and, and afraid and the Lord has just been challenging me that when I swim I have to do it in faith I have to do it in faith I'm doing it in faith as worship to God I can't be afraid of stuff being afraid that I'm not going to finish because fear is the opposite of faith so in our lives whatever we're doing even if it's a challenge set before us to make sure and change our mind say I'm not going to do this in fear I'm going to do this in faith in my in your workplace in my workplace I'm not going to be in fear of this person or that person I'm going to be in faith of what God can do then when we pray uh, prayers they'll come out prayers of faith because I'm living and moving in faith amen, amen. number 11 intercession Ezekiel 22 verse 30 so I sought for a man among so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. The Lord is looking for intercessors, for those who will stand in the gap, stand in the gap in the wall for the land, for the nation, for the government, for the education system, for families, for churches. Not those who only pray for themselves and their own little family, us five and no four and no more, us five and no more. He's looking for intercessors who will stand in the gap. Intercession means to stand in the gap for someone or something. Okay, it is offered on behalf of. Yes, we can intercede for ourselves, but often God will drop something in our hearts and we're praying on behalf of someone else. And it's a selfless thing because number one, probably no one will know that you're doing it except God. Number two, that person might never thank you, but you know what God sees? Intercession, I think, is one of those things that really blesses God's heart because we do it in secret. We're doing it for him. We're laboring to bring his kingdom, but no one can see. Amen. Intercession means you're interceding, you're acting in prayer on behalf of someone else or another situation. The person may be incapable of praying or they may be capable, but God is asking us to do it. Intercession may involve praying in a general way, praying specific prayers. It may involve praying in tongues. It may involve being led by visions by the Holy Spirit, praying through a burden. There are all sorts of different ways that we intercede, but it's literally as simple as saying, God, I'm coming before you on behalf of so-and-so. I have a burden. I don't understand what they're going through, but I'm going to pray. We pray as we feel led. If you can pray in tongues, you pray in tongues, and you pray until the burden lifts. That's intercession. It's literally standing in a gap in the wall and building up that gap. What is a wall for? To keep the good stuff in and the bad stuff out. When there's a gap in the wall, what happens? Bad stuff can come in. You can get robbed and looted. So it's standing in the gap, building up protection, making a difference, separating the good from the bad, praying protection, praying scriptures, using all of these different types of prayer that I've spoken about to pray for someone else. I've got some examples here. Genesis 18, verse 20 to 33. The context of this particular account is the Lord wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the sin that was there. 
And Abraham knew that his nephew Lot with his family were was in those cities and he didn't want him to be destroyed. So Abraham stood still before the Lord, Genesis 18:22. And Abraham came near and said, "Would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you destroy it?" And God said, "No, I wouldn't." And then he said, "Okay, suppose that there were five less than 50. Would you destroy it?" 45, Lord. And the Lord said, "No." And he carried on bargaining with the Lord down to 30. Suppose there were 20. Suppose there were 10 righteous. Would you destroy it, Lord? And he said, what is, what is Abraham doing? He's standing in the gap. He's standing in the gap between the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and the Lord and pleading to the Lord on their behalf. And actually he was doing it for his, his, his nephew Lot. Um, and if we continue reading in the next chapter, we see uh, verse 27. Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he'd stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw and behold the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass that God destroyed the cities of the plain. But God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. So when we intercede, can you see here what's happening? Happening. Abraham's solution is no God just don't destroy those cities because my nephew Lot is there. Can you see that God answered his prayer but he didn't answer it how Abraham thought he should. Do you get that? So he still destroyed the cities but he saved Lot which was really at in Abraham's heart. So Abraham interceded and Lot was saved and his wife wasn't but that was her own her own doing <laughs> for those who know the story okay another example is Moses Exodus 32 verse 11 um, basically Moses has gone up Mount Sinai he's taken long at the top of Mount Sinai and the people have grown weary waiting they take off their gold uh, earrings and so forth and Aaron um, crafts this calf this golden calf for them because they said make us a God that brought us out of Egypt and we'll worship and sacrifice which is what they did so they made this idol and they begin to worship and, and sacrifice to this idol and the Lord is really angry and he tells Moses this at the top of Moses at the top of Mount Sinai he tells Moses he says these people this is what they've done they've made an, an idol and he says they are stiff-necked people leave me alone that my anger may burn against them and I will destroy them and I'll make you a great nation Moses verse 11 how many of you would have said okay cool Lord cool make me a great nation kill those people they're terrible they're horrible to lead <laughs> i wonder how many of us would have said that but moses said verse 11 he sought the favor of the lord and said why should your anger burn against your people you brought them out of egypt with great power and a mighty hand why should the egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains can you see he's appealing to god to god's glory to god's reputation he says remember your servant Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars. So remembering the promises of God and the word of God and intercession is important. Because he's saying, but Lord, you said this. Can you see that's what he's doing? Lord, you said this to Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Then the Lord relented and he didn't bring the disaster on his people. Who says we can't change the course of history? Who says we can't? And who says we can't change the way church is? Who says we can't? We can appeal to him. I think too often as Christians we criticize in each other's ears, you know, and we do the work of the accuser of the brethren. 
which is the enemy. And we're supposed to be doing the work of intercessors. So when we see something that we don't like, instead of in the church, I'm talking about in the church, instead of mocking, instead of criticizing, instead of talking about it, instead of gossiping, instead of tearing down the body of Jesus, we're supposed to look and watch and go into our prayer closets and pray and intercede for God's mercy. Church is not my idea. It's not God. It's not man's idea. It's not the pastor's idea. It's God's idea. It's the body of Christ. Whether it's your church or whether it's someone else's church, it doesn't matter. It's the body of Christ. We're supposed to do the work of intercessors. Ladies, your husbands, we don't go and talk to other people and do the work of the accuser of the brethren, complaining. We do the work of intercessors. We stand in the gap. Amen. And I encourage you, do the work of an intercessor. Don't do the work of the accuser of the brethren. Being an intercessor, part of that is saying, Lord, I give you my mouth. I consecrate prayer of dedication. I consecrate my mouth. I consecrate what I release out my mouth. Lord, I know it's powerful. I give it to you. Set a guard at my mouth, Holy Spirit, that I won't be used as a weapon in the enemy's hands to bring destruction. Amen. Moses, Aaron, and Ho, I love this picture, a picture of the power of intercession in Exodus 17, verse 8 to 13. The Amalekites had come, attacked the children of Israel, and Moses says to Josh, Hey, Josh, go out, take some of our men, fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. Moses was saying, I'll watch. I'm going to watch. I'm going to stand at the top of the hill and watch. And what does Moses do? He takes Aaron and her with him. Because you know what? Sometimes as leaders, we get tired. We get tired. I encourage you to pray for your leaders, to stand with your leaders. Moses needed Aaron and her because sometimes he got tired and his arms would drop. And when his arms dropped, he needed them to lift them up. We as leaders need you to lift up our arms sometimes. We're not God. We're very human. Leaders need help. And when his arms dropped, guess what? The people that he was watching over started to be defeated. So when we don't pray for our leaders and their arms grow weary, we're the ones who suffer. When I sit back and I criticize my husband as my leader, I'm the one who suffers. He needs me to lift up his arms. We all have a part to play. Aaron and her held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other side. And his hands remained steady till sunset. We need each other. Husband and wives, we need each other. Don't pull each other's hands down. No. <laughs> Lift them up. In church, wherever you are in your relationships, we need each other. Lift up each other's hands. Say, don't go behind someone's back. Can you see? No, lift up each other's hands and that's way, that way we become overcomers as a body. That's intercession. Number 12, identificational repentance. Identificational repentance. This is a really important form of prayer um, to be aware of. I'm going to give you an example from Jeremiah 14. The people of Judah were in dire straits. There was a terrible, terrible drought in the land. Verse 10, this is what the Lord said. 
These people, they love, they greatly love to wonder. They don't restrain their feet. They hadn't prayed the prayer of, of, of consecration and dedication. <laughs> they love to wonder. They don't restrain their feet. So the Lord does not accept them. He will remember their wickedness and punish them for their sins. And the Lord said, don't pray for the well-being of this people, Jeremiah. Although they fast, I will not hear they listen to their cry. I will not accept their burnt offerings. I will destroy them with sword, famine, and plague. What did Jeremiah say? Sovereign Lord, this is what's happening. The prophets are telling them, the false prophets are telling them, you will not see sword or famine. Basically, the, false, the prophets were prophesying false prophecies. And he says, Lord, this is why they're doing what they're doing. He was interceding, okay? This is why they're doing what they're doing. Then the Lord said, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. Yes, which is what Jeremiah said. And the Lord said, I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. They are prophesying false visions, etc., etc. And, and the Lord carries on. Um, and then in verse 20, this is Jeremiah's prayer of identificational repentance. Now, the important thing with this is the first, the first word is we, not they. Lord, they, no. Identificational repentance is what Jesus did. He died on the cross for our sins. He bore our sins. So identificational repentance is I identify with the people that I'm praying for and repent and interceding for and repenting on behalf of. And this is what Jeremiah says. We acknowledge our wickedness, Lord. There's no accusation there. There's no criticism there. Lord, these people that you've told me to speak to, they just don't listen. Lord, these, he didn't criticize. Lord, we acknowledge our wickedness. I don't think he had listened to these false prophets. We acknowledge this, Lord. We have sinned against you. For the sake of your name, don't despise us, Lord. Don't dishonor your glorious throne. Remember your covenant with us. Remember the word of God is important. Remember your covenant with us and don't break it. Do any of these worthless idols of the nations bring rain? No. Do the sky themselves send down showers? No. It is you, Lord, our God. Therefore, our hope is in you, Lord, for you are the one who does all of this. He's standing in the gap there. He's interceding, and he, that is a prayer of identificational repentance. Another beautiful example which I want to give you is from Daniel. Daniel 9, verse 1 to 19. And... I'm going to read from verse 3. It says, So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and in ashes. And I prayed and I confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep, and keep his commandments, prayer of praise and worship. We have sinned, we identification or repentance. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. Had Daniel? No. We have sinned. We have been wicked. We have turned from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, near and far, and all the countries where you've scattered us because of your unfaithfulness to you. We and our kings, our princesses, our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we have sinned. The Lord is merciful and forgiving, even though we've rebelled against him he's appealing to God's mercy and forgiveness and he carries on you can go on in your own time 
For the sake of time, I won't carry on. But it's a powerful prayer of identificational repentance. And he carries on verse 17. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petition of your servants. Look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Isn't that awesome that we can do that make appeals to God because of his great mercy look listen Lord forgive hear and act and don't delay because your city and your people bear your name identificational repentance seeing the sins seeing what is grievous to God and taking it and carrying it and saying Lord we repent for this Lord I come before you my family has been involved in ancestral worship for generations and they still continue to do so father I come and I stand in the gap and I repent on behalf of my family and I appeal to your mercy and I pray Lord God that you would bring turn on lights and you would help my family to turn from this you see we're standing in the gap we're interceding they're powerful prayers we can stand in the gap on behalf of our families and say Lord cleanse us help us to turn from this it's powerful Okay, we can do it for the nation, especially when governmental leaders make covenants with darkness. It's also important. And if you have a place of authority in a governmental institution, in some type of organization, use it and pray these prayers. If you are the legitimate, whatever you are, governor of the Reserve Bank, prime minister, president, Whatever position you hold, you know, whatever it might be, use it and pray these prayers because you are the one in authority. It's very powerful. Amen. Number 13, praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. This is the 13th type of prayer. This includes but is not limited to praying in tongues. Sometimes when you say in a charismatic circle, praying in the Spirit, people automatically assume you're talking about praying in other tongues. But... In this kind of prayer, it is the human spirit that prays, empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is not based on mental knowledge necessarily, but it involves yielding to the Spirit to allow Him to pray His perfect will for us, uh, perfect will through us for the situation. For the situation, so praying in the Spirit includes number one. Praying all kinds of prayers. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Does it say, pray in the Spirit on all, all occasions with tongues? No. It says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That means that I can be praying in the Spirit with any of these types of prayers, however I feel led by the Holy Spirit at that particular time. And if it's tongues, then that's tongues. But praying in the Spirit is praying being led by the Holy Spirit. Number two, praying with other tongues. Acts 2 verse 4 says, On the day of Pentecost, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues, other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. 1 Corinthians 14 2 says, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. That is prayer, right? Talking to God. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. So praying in tongues is you're speaking by the power of the Spirit, you're speaking things that the Holy Spirit would like you to pray, but your mind won't necessarily understand what you are saying. However, it's praying in tongues is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Another of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit is interpretation of tongues. If you operate an interpretation of tongues, 
you can understand the tongue that you are praying. So you can actually understand what you are praying when you're praying in tongues, but you might not always understand. We don't have time. It's not the context of this. If you want to know more about that, you can come and speak to me. We've got lots of material. So praying in the Spirit is praying all kinds of prayers. It's praying with other tongues, and it's also groanings. How many of you have been in a prayer meeting or been praying on your own way? Nothing can express the burden that you have inside of you except the sound that comes out that's not very you would like it not to happen in a prayer meeting <laughs> okay that's groanings Romans 8 verse 26 to 27 says and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness for example we don't know what God wants us to pray for how many of you ever feel like that I don't know what how to pray for this it says for example we don't know what God wants us to pray for we're in good company but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings uh, groanings that cannot be expressed in words and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So there's praying with all kinds of prayers. We can be praying in the Spirit. There's praying in tongues. There's praying in groanings that come from the Holy Spirit. And you might say to me, so which ones am I supposed to use? What am I supposed to use when? Well, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15 says, so what shall I do? And then he answers a question. I will pray with my spirits. I will pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit. I will also sing with my understanding. With all of this, it depends on the Holy Spirit's leading. Pray in the spirit. Be led by the spirit. Amen. Okay. Now, I'm going to quickly do two methods of prayer, and then I'm going to close. Okay. Two, these are methods of prayer, but they bear mentioning here under types of prayer because they're important. Corporate prayer, that is number 14. Corporate prayer. This is the type of prayer often used in the local church and in Christian gatherings. Okay, If I read through the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Give us this day. What is it? It's plural. My Father in heaven, give me this. No. Our, it's corporate. Corporate. Our. Us. Very interesting. Great power for the miraculous is released through unity of spirit and singleness of mind. The things that I pray in a corporate setting that I don't pray on my own. There are warfare prayers that I pray in a corporate setting that I won't pray on my own for my own protection, okay? There are miracles and signs and wonders that can happen in a corporate setting when we are praying in, with one heart, with one accord. Acts 5 verse 12, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord. In Acts 12, we see a similar thing. Peter was, was in prison. He was released. You can go and look at it in your own time. He was released. Why? Because the saints were praying corporate prayer in one accord, and he was released from prison. An angel came and set him free. Okay? We have another example in Acts 4 where Peter heals a layman and um, the religious people are very unhappy and the leaders, the, the church people, they prayed corporate prayers. Verse 31 says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. 
See, the Holy Spirit loves it when we all in one accord, we all praying together, we all worshiping together with one heart and one mind. Not the worship leader saying, we want more, we want more. And you sitting there scratching your head, mm, I'm hungry. What's happening out there? That's not one accord. That's not corporate. Corporate is where we all have the same thing on our mind. We glorifying God right now. Let's worship. We are praying for this right now. We're praying for, you know when my husband prays for the people up here, I'm actually sensing, sometimes God gives me prophetic words. I don't say them. There's not enough time. But I'm thinking, okay, so Lord, you're doing that. The Lord is speaking. Okay, you're doing that. You're doing that. Okay. And I might pray a prayer there. But we, we're linking our faith because these are our brothers and sisters and they need breakthrough too. And when I'm up here being prayed, I would like, I would like someone to do that for me too. I would like someone to link, my, link their faith with my husband's faith as he's praying for me so I could get an even bigger breakthrough. Amen. One heart, one mind, one accord. Everyone is important. I think the enemy lies to us and we believe as lies. You're not important. You'll always be on the outside looking in. It doesn't matter if you think about lunch or if, you, if your mind is here. Right. It doesn't matter if you do this or that. You don't make a difference. No. Those are lies. You do make a difference. Your faith makes a difference. Your agreement makes a difference. Your being part of our one accord makes a difference. Amen. I have more examples, but I won't go there for the sake of time. The last method of prayer, which is really, I would encourage you to, to utilize this, um, this holidays, is crafted prayers. Raquel reminded me of them on Tuesday, saying, are you going to talk about crafted prayers? It's like, yes, I'll talk about crafted prayers. A crafted prayer is where you've taken the time to hear God before you've prayed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's where you've taken the time to hear what is God is saying. Not, okay, Lord, A to Z, general multivitamin prayer, pray, bless me, bless me. Okay, breakthrough, breakthrough. But we don't know what he wants to do. In the, do you know what God is doing in your next season? Are you pursuing to find out what is God doing now? Well, how does he want you to position yourself to prepare yourself for your next season? And what is he doing? And what type of prayers does he want you to be praying? Does he want you to be praying prayers of faith? Does he want you to be praying declarations and decrees? And if he does, what are those decrees? And if he wants to bring breakthrough, what are the breakthroughs that he wants you to de declare over your life? Do we even know? So a crafted prayer is where I've taken time to hear what God is saying, what God is doing, or where I've taken time to find out what his will is for someone or something or a situation or the nation and I craft that into a prayer and I've got it so that I can pray it and I can pray it and I can pray it and when I've forgotten about it I can come back and pray it and when I'm feeling discouraged I can come back and I can pray it Matthew 7 says keep on asking and it will be given you keep on seeking and you will find keep on knocking reverently and the door will be open to you keep on keep on because he who keeps on asking receives he who keeps on seeking finds and to him who keeps on knocking the door will be open you see, sometimes I think we lose track of where God is in our lives and where he's taking us and what he wants to do because of how we feel or because of situations. And crafted prayers help us. They help us a lot. In the Bible, there's so many crafted prayers. They're prayers that were written down, recorded. Amen. For example, I've got an example here. October the 23rd in 2013, the Lord gave me a prophetic word for the church and he said, 
I'm bringing the church into a new season. You're entering into a season of warfare where you will learn to take and possess the land that I've promised you. See how important it is for me to know that otherwise it would be like suddenly there's warfare. Lord, what's happening? I don't understand what's happening. No, he's, he, he told me, you are entering a season of warfare where you will learn to take and possess the land that I've promised you, giving me understanding. Do not be surprised by the warfare. It originates from within my heart. I am with you. I'm teaching you how to war and giving you tools and weapons of warfare. My hand is on you. I will strengthen you uphold you, stretch you, and cause you to grow and mature. Your main weapon and place of safety is obedience. Obedience will ensure victory every time. Walk in obedience, and nothing will by any means harm you. You are mine. So, I get this word. I heard what God is saying. Maybe it'll sound different when he speaks to you. He speaks to us all in different ways, okay? But I get this word. Okay, this is my crafted prayer. Lord, I pray that you will lead us and help us to walk in obedience. That you would cause us to hear your voice and know the direction in which to proceed. May you teach us to war. May you give us tools and weapons of warfare. Now, he said he's going to give us tools and weapons of warfare. So I'm asking him, and he said he's, I already know what the answer is. May you give us tools and weapons of warfare. I know he's going to say yes, because he's already told me he wants to do that. And teach us to use them wisely, because I don't want to be using a sword as a brush. Or something silly, okay? Using what he gives. May your hand be on us. May you strengthen, uphold, stretch us, and cause us to grow and mature, which is what he told me he wanted to do. Thank you, Father, that nothing shall by any means harm us. Important to include a prayer of thanksgiving there. Thank you that we belong to you. Amen. You can use any of these types of prayers that I've, that I, that I've discussed. And hey, they're, they're more prayers. This is not an exhaustive list. But these are the main ones that came to mind, okay? You can use all of these types of prayers in crafted prayers. So, today, briefly, we touched on prayer of consecration, relinquishment, prayer of faith, prayer of intercession, identificational repentance, praying in the Spirit. And then we, I also briefly touched on corporate prayer and crafted prayer. And... Therein ends the whole series on building a strategic prayer life. <laughs> so I encourage you, as you go now, and you've, we, most of us are having some form of holiday, to think about the prayers that you're wanting to pray this week, to, this coming year in 2017, to ask the Lord and say, Lord, what are the prayers that you're wanting me to craft and pray for 2017? What are the words from the Bible that are for me for this year? What are you doing? And craft them and utilize all these various types of prayer that we've discussed in your crafted prayer. Can I do that? Can I give you homework? Amen. Thank you. Yes. My husband has just asked me, um, what, I, what I've done be powerful is as we go through different seasons, especially in our families, we see our children, our husband, our spouses, and we see certain things that we know we need to pray into for them. I want to encourage you, craft prayers for your children, if you're moms, if you're, if you're, if you're dads. Craft prayers for your spouse. Craft prayers for your family members. Craft them prayers that you know to do with their destiny, to do with their calling, to do with their areas of blindness and weakness. And, and, and be part of the solution to the problem that you see glaring at you. Amen. So craft praise for yourself. Craft praise for your family. Craft praise for your nation. Craft, craft praise for your workplace, for your boss that you really get irritated by. Craft, craft your praise.